Hi everyone, and welcome to the 78th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Sabrina! Hello! Hi! It's just us! Yeah. I think this is the first time. I think... Yeah, it's the first time the only, ever, because it's always you The only and time Churro. we've ever had... Yeah, it's always... Usually when we have two of us on the show, it's usually just me and Churro, but I figured, you know, we had a schedule conflict. This time, it might be interesting to switch it up a bit and have it just be me and Sabby. I'm a bro so, you know, today. We- I'm a bro. <laughs> she, she's the bro today. <laughs> so we're giving we're giving Churro a well well deserved break this episode. Uh, we we should be back in the swing of things by next episode probably. Mm-hmm. That'll be our pre E three show. Speaking of schedule though, for once in the history of forever, we actually have a a normally scheduled episode that is perfect. For E3. Yeah. Perfect timing. So our episode, which is which is going to be around E3 time, is literally the Tuesday after E3. So we get all the information, we'll know everything by then, and we can finally discuss it in a timely manner and not have to do any crazy special episodes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been waiting for this my whole life, basically. <laughs> every year. Everything literally aligns every year. for once. For once. This is the only time it's going to happen. Next year, forget. Oh, I remember. And it's also partially because um, the scheduling of V3 is a little bit later this year. I think it's like starts the 16th. Something like, something? yeah. It starts the June 16th. 16th. Well, most conferences yeah. start on the 15th. Gotcha. And then they yes. open the floor from the 16th to the 19th, I believe. I, actually, it's uh, six, 16th to the 18th. So oh, yeah. it's like oh, okay, yeah. 16th is the, is the, yeah, is the day early. So. But yeah, yeah. So E three is a little bit later this year, and it happens to just work out very well. And guess us. who's going back again? Churro. Churro. Yeah, lucky. No surprise there. <laughs> yeah, no surprise. But ho- hopefully he'll have, he'll have more stuff That's to see. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and kh2.co.uk so we have a three segment show today we have our first segment being news surprise surprise we do actually have finally news this oh my god it's been like a weird well, <laughs> what couple weeks or so that we actually get yeah. stuff yeah seriously but don't get i mean get excited but not too excited because this is not really news it's news about news so yep. <laughs> keep keep your expectations in check um and then in our second segment we are having a brand new segment called what if and we're going to be discussing uh how the kingdom hearts plotline might be different if certain things were different and how you know the future stories might be affected by these changes so it might be fun to explore some alternate realities potentially and finally we have our question segment as our third segment So, in the way of announcement, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion if you guys uh, want to suggest a second segment of our show. uh, We can definitely uh, do that for you. Uh, There is a Patreon reward tier for that. And in the way of uh, further announcements, if you guys want your questions answered on Kingdom Hearts Union, definitely uh, send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as always, remember that you guys can subscribe to Kingdom Hearts Union on YouTube. We upload the show there. And, uh, so yeah, if this is a, uh, if it's more convenient for you to have the podcast on YouTube, go check it out. It is, uh, youtube.com slash, uh, vids. So, first segment, news! Yay! News! So, uh, first bit of news is it's kind of an update to uh, a news topic we had last uh, last episode, that Kingdom Hearts 3 is confirmed that it will be shown at the D23 Expo uh, in Japan. So, get excited. But last, last week, we knew it was like some Kingdom Hearts fan event. We sort of assumed Kingdom Hearts 3 would be there, but now we know for sure Kingdom Hearts 3 it's going to be there. So that's good to hear. Also, uh, in that same announcement, there's another little interesting tidbit uh, announced there. There is a Kingdom Hearts-related project that has been announced that will be on mobile platforms. 
interesting. So uh, here's the official quote about Kingdom Hearts 3 and the mobile uh, project. And this comes from, uh, I believe this is Tetsuya Nomura. So uh, we have some interesting things planned. Uh, there will be Kingdom Hearts 3 news and various things. Uh, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 development is going smoothly, but there will, uh, there will also be new announcements connected to it. As one of those new announcements, I think we should be able to announce a smartphone-specific development for the series in short order. So I'm guessing he means soon. Mm-hmm. So, any ideas of what this might be? You think it's a game? You I think don't it's know. Not a game? If it... It's very vague. Yeah. It's like a smartphone-specific development for the series. It doesn't say game. Well, what else could it be? Uh, the only other thing I could think of, and this is sort of going based off of Square Enix's more recent track record, is they have that whole uh, Final Fantasy Portal thing, uh, where it's it's not a game. There's like information about the series, and they sort of uh, they've released a few like exclusive interviews on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think on the uh, I think on the Final Fantasy Portal app, they they like released uh, an exclusive interview with uh, Tabata about Final Fantasy 15 on there like a few few weeks ago. So maybe a Kingdom Hearts Portal app. If it is a game, uh, I secretly hope it's uh, you know Kingdom Hearts Key, so it's not something that you know <laughs> adds too much to the storyline beyond what we already have. That'd be really confusing in uh, for a smartphone game, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it fits as as a as a smartphone title. And honestly, as far as story goes, the story really hasn't picked up yet too much. Um, it really just started picking up, even even in the web browser. But I think the format might make sense for a smartphone, just because it's a lot of missions, so it's a lot of stuff that you can sort of pick up and play, and you know, stop whenever you want. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I, I really hope it's not a new game. That's that's all I hope is it's not not a new game, just because I think there's there's too much already. Like I'm I'm sort of sort of scared that they're just gonna you know make a brand new canon title that is you know gonna extend the plot even further and add a whole bunch of new things to the plot that we didn't know about. A bunch of basically a bunch of new proper nouns we need to remember. <laughs> And I don't remember any. No, I don't. Any more of this. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it won't be as plot driven, if anything, for a smartphone game, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess they want, unless they want everyone to buy an Android or, or an iPhone just to play this game, like they have with other games. Yeah, I, I think they're just assuming that most people already have. Yeah. One of those devices. I don't. I just don't know that. I, I, I'm just personally a little bit uh, afraid of what they could add mm-hmm. in, in a new title. Because so far, apart from, ironically, there is a game called Kingdom Hearts Mobile that we never got. Yeah. Apart from King, Kingdom Hearts Mobile, I don't think there has been a game in the Kingdom Hearts series officially that has been non-canon. You know, that's just, you know, it is what it is and that's it. Yeah. I, I think pretty much every game so far has been canon and the consequence of them all being canon is every single one of them adds something different to the story that you know could potentially complicate things further it makes it harder to find the information that you need to know to understand other storylines you know namely what happened with chain of memories mm-hmm. you know a lot of a lot of people started kingdom hearts 2 never played chain of memories and they don't realize that Sora's in a bubble and he's been in a bubble for a year and you know that's the sort of thing I'm um, sort of concerned about. But if it's just Kingdom Hearts Key or if it's a sort of like series compilation sort of thing like the Final Fantasy Portal, I think I'd be okay with that because neither of those... Uh, well, Kingdom Hearts Key is st- going to be continuing to progress the storyline, but at least that's already that was already decided. Yeah, okay. So it's not something new. But anyway, that pretty much covers those topics. Something also pretty interesting, another bit of announcement of more announcements is Square Enix is having their own E3 press conference uh, on June 16th at 9am Pacific time. So if I'm, if I'm uh, understanding that correctly, I think that's one of, if not the first, it's one of the first press conferences of 
all of E3. I don't think I don't think even like uh, Sony or Microsoft are earlier than 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Nintendo's usually 9 a.m. Pacific the next day as well. Yeah, but they usually do it like later, later in the week. Like they do it like on either the Tuesday or the Wednesday. Yeah. But this is like right the first Monday, right at the you know butt crack of dawn on E3 Monday. Like it's a Tuesday. Getting well, June June sixteenth is a Tuesday. I'm looking at the calendar right now. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) not on the butt crack of Monday. Okay, so I guess that's I guess it's on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's still really early. It's 12 p.m. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, 12 p.m. for us. But you Pacific Coast people. You can yeah. wake it up early. Yeah, those poor Pacific Coast people. Poor Churro. He's gonna have to wake up early. Yeah, I don't so think he we'll cares. have to see. I don't think he'll he'll matter to him. He'll just be like, "Oh my yeah, god, well, I'm here." I think the bigger concern is that he'll get to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's gonna stay up just to make sure that he gets a seat. I will say, just just FYI, that uh, just just be mindful that this is a square enix press conference not a square enix japan press conference so that means it's not just final fantasy kingdom hearts whatever yeah. it's also like hitman dsx yep, tomb raider yep. everything you know that basically the idol studios are doing so anything Crystal that's Dynamics, published by square enix will be there yeah it's pretty much all of it exactly so this is this is a square enix press conference uh so it's going to be everybody but just you know if they are going to have cool uh you know japanese oriented announcements they're also going to be there too so yeah i just i just want to make sure to clarify because i i've seen a lot of people on twitter you know whenever they hear square enix and press event they think Square Enix Japan by yeah. default. So it's like Final Fantasy sort of... 15 or Kingdom Hearts 3, but they are making exactly. other stuff. Yeah, Square Enix is a publisher, not just a developer. So yeah, that's that's all exciting. So we have a lot to look forward to in terms of uh, future announcements. I mean, if I'm honest, this kind of reminds me of the sort of setup we saw in uh, E3 2013 uh, when Kingdom Hearts 3 was originally announced. Uh, back in E3 2013, they announced Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 and Final Fantasy 15 at the Sony press conference. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, they had their own press conference. And I don't, I'm not sure that they had a press conference last year. No. I mean, they, they had their Square Enix Presents live stream there. Yeah, that's what they usually do. Yeah, they didn't have like a proper press conference. Uh, at E3 2013, they did have a proper press conference, and but that time it wasn't public. This time, for the first time, this is actually going to be live streamed. I forgot to say that. So this is actually kind of a big thing. So it's a press conference, plus it's being live streamed, and this is the first time that they've done that. Oh, was that the... I'm trying to, like, jog my memory here. That was when it was a private event, but they were, like, showing off the intro for Dream Drop Distance uh, as they started off? No, or no? no, this is... This is, uh, so E3 2013, when they had the, uh, behind closed doors press conference, this is where they announced, well, not, not really announced, but sort of formally confirmed that both Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 were multi-platform, even though they announced at the Sony press conference. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're also coming out on Xbox One. And that's also where the, uh, Disney representative, came up on stage with the Kingdom Hearts devs and was like, yay, you know, we're really excited that uh, Kingdom Hearts is, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to get a console game again. And, uh, you know, there's going to be more developments at the D23 in Tokyo. And Yeah, so basically, mm, okay, that's all I remember from that one. Uh, but yeah, it was a behind closed doors thing. They didn't stream it, but we got all the information, you know, sort of live blogged to us by people that were there. But this time, for the first time, uh, they're actually doing a live live stream uh, so everybody can watch the press conference and see how things shake out. So that's exciting. Um, I will talk more about E3 next episode since that's going to be our you know pre-E3 episode. But personally, right now, I'm feeling the focus is going to be on 15 and obviously Western development stuff. That Tomb Raider, though. That Tomb Raider, yeah, of course. And Hitman and Deus Ex, because oh, Deus Ex just announced. Yeah, they just announced uh, what, another game. Yeah, and I think we'll, we'll be lucky if we get 
you know, anything too big for Kingdom Hearts 3. I think we're going to get something. I think whatever we're going to get is going to be like maybe a preview of what we'll see in November. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Like if you're going to have a big conference, usually they run for about what? Smaller ones run about like an hour, hour hour and a half, depending on which one. Like obviously like the bigger guys are there for maybe two hours or so. So they have a lot of stuff to fill at that time. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to be something like that. I think also possibly that. We'll probably maybe see, I mean, definitely with the Western games, we'll see some of them on stage uh, at some of the, at the big three. Well, no, it's not really a big three anymore because Nintendo doesn't go to E3 anymore uh, for conferences. Uh, but we'll probably see Tomb Raider and or Deus Ex and or, you know, some of or Hitman at one of the big three conferences, Sony or Microsoft, maybe as a trailer or something. And maybe at the actual Square Enix press conference, they'll go further and show more. So if they had like an onstage demo, for example, they might show a longer demo uh, at the Square Enix specific event. That's usually how these sorts of things go. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh, an- another quick thing, uh, sort of, sort of kind of off, off topic, but if you're interested in Final Fantasy 15, uh, well, now that I'm looking at the calendar, um, <laughs> This this will actually uh, happen before the podcast comes out, so I hope you enjoyed it. There's actually going to be a uh, Final Fantasy 15 uh, live stream that Tabata's doing. Uh, I believe it's on the 28th of April. Is it? Either, oh, either no, the 28th not, not or the sure. 27th. Basically, uh, he's going to uh, address uh, some of the feedback that the demo got and actually show uh, some of the progress they've been making and basically show the Duskgate area with some more finalized content. So we'll get to see more enemies and stuff like that, and more you know battle mechanics, maybe magic and that sort of thing. So we'll see how the game works in a more complete fashion, which I think is really smart because I think a lot of people got maybe maybe read in a little bit too much into the Duskgate demo yeah. because the Duskgate demo isn't you know the complete system. It's not all the systems together. So they assume a lot based off of this incomplete version of the game, you know, incomplete mechanically, I'm sort of saying. So, you know, uh, I think he wants to, you know, sort of set the record straight and explain how the other mechanics might balance out some of the things uh, we had complaints with. So I think that'll be interesting. So if you're into Final Fantasy 15, you probably already know this stuff. So why am I even bring it up? Anyway, so moving on to the second segment, what if... So, as a reminder, in this segment, we're basically going to talk about uh, different parts of the Kingdom Hearts storyline and how, if they changed, how future plot lines in important ways might be different. It might be more interesting, might just be different. Who knows? But we will explore that in What If. So, first plot point. What if Sora made it back to Destiny Islands at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, uh. So that that was for people that were, you know, uh, people that don't, don't quite remember. So at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora, you know, seals Kingdom Hearts. And in this really tragic, tragic moment, he sees Kairi in the distance. And Kairi's like... <laughs> and Sora's crying. like, mm, Kyrie, oh something, something. I'll come back to you. I promise. And then Kyrie's like, I know you will. Okay, you and really then, butchered um, that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's basically what happened. It was a good and moment, that, and you ruined it. You, no one yes. can see it in the same way anymore because of you. That's okay. Just next time you see Sora and Kyrie oh, talking God. to each other, imagine the. Imagine them just going, <laughs> and they're just sort of like, they're not even saying words. Just cry. Yeah, just you could just replace them with wacky no. waving arm tube men. Nope. <laughs> God, it'd be the same scene. But yeah. So that really sad scene. What if that didn't happen? What if Sora was like, "Hey, I can jump," and he jumped, and he just went to Kyrie's little sand platform. What do you think, Savvy? Well, then he would have left Donald and Goofy because I'm pretty sure they can't jump yeah. over either. So they were a little bit far farther back, yeah. so it might have been tough for them. Um, I don't like if they ended up together, they would still need to go find Riku. So technically, the adventure wouldn't have ended. Like, yeah, the adventure wouldn't have ended. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So, but then thinking about it, like, <laughs> what would Organization Thirteen would be doing? For one thing, it's like we're not gonna take care of this castle because there's no purpose of having it. So, is it like a playhouse? See,、so、yeah, at the end of Kingdom Hearts One, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, they're on that sort of like grassy road. Again, we have no idea how they ended up there. Nope. <laughs> after after Kingdom Hearts One, but they eventually they ended up there. A door appears.、Yeah. They go in and door、okay. appeared, or、Whatever. they just like fell asleep and woke up there. Who knows? Okay, somehow they get there. They're walking down the road. They and a lot of people don't remember this. They actually do set up camp, go to sleep, and then Sora wakes up and then keeps walking down the road for who knows what reason. And he meet, re- meets a crossroad, and Marluxia shows up. He's hooded, and Sort of whisks him away to the castle. Again, we're not really sure how those grassy roads lead to the castle, but whatever, they lead to the castle. So basically, if Sora hadn't done that, if if he hadn't,、uh, if he did rejoin with Kairi, he none of Chain of Memories would have happened. So th- there's a lot of things that would be different. Like you said,、um, Riku would still be trapped in the realm of darkness.、Yeah. So Uh, cause as far as we know, the reason Riku left the realm, or the reason Riku was able to leave the realm of darkness was somehow tied to Castle Oblivion and the fact that Zoro was in there. So somehow that led him out of the realm of darkness and led his journey through Castle Oblivion. So if, uh, if Sora hadn't, uh, gone to Castle Oblivion, Riku might still be in. Uh, the realm of darkness with King Mickey. Now they could probably get out, I guess, but I I, th- I think it would be cooler if in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> two, if that were the case, if your journey was to go find Riku. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if maybe Kairi would tag along in that case because Sora and Kairi are together. So probably because she、that. does not want to be left again. Even though everyone just、yeah. leaves her, she's like, "I told you not to leave me, but you're but you left me again." And they're like, "Well, we just want to make sure you're safe." Like, I just want to go. Like, why don't you let me go? Yeah. But in yeah. the same way as well, like I can see it as like I think they can still have Castle Oblivion、mm-hmm. because since there is no direct communication to Riku, he can、mm-hmm. still get a letter, and it's like Riku's here. We like or whatever, but it could be like a weird yeah, like maybe... tea party invitation thing. It's like come、yeah. to the castle. Riku's yeah, here. Guess, why don't you go maybe... find him? Maybe instead of、uh, Sora being trapped in Castle Oblivion, maybe it's Riku、yeah. that's trapped in Castle Oblivion. Because、uh, as far as as far as we understand, the Organization Thirteen can go to the Realm of Darkness, and that's sort of the that's apparently the purpose of those cloaks is that they're sort of like shields when you go traveling through the realm the Realm of Darkness. So I guess it's possible that that they could go there because.、Uh, If I remember correctly, the whole point of Castle Oblivion was to erase Sora's memories, make him controllable, and they can use him and his Keyblade to go free a whole bunch of hearts and complete their Kingdom Hearts. Riku's a Keyblade wielder, so he's just as good. So I guess maybe,、uh, maybe it would have been different. Maybe Chain of Memories would have been reversed. Riku's. Riku's the damsel in distress, and Sora's the guy doing reverse rebirth. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that was sort of fulfilled in、uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D, that sort of thing. Where, but no matter what,、uh, like within Organization 13, there still would be betrayal. Yeah, yeah, there was still、yeah. there would still be betrayal. There would still be all that.、Uh, if anything, maybe. Some of the Organization Thirteen members that were killed off in Chain of Memories might have survived to Kingdom Hearts Two,、mm-hmm. so maybe they would have like survived. But yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting. You know, definitely very different. I think the most interesting thing is that you know Sora and Kairi are together, and you know how does that work out?、Uh, in Kingdom Hearts Two, she you know sort of teams up with Axel, and then Riku eventually just hands her a Keyblade here from. From somewhere, <laughs> I just pulled this out of my cloak. I hide lots of、yeah. things in here. Look, I found this. <laughs> it had flowers on it, so I got out of you. God, I would be angry I if someone just like I saw this keyblade because it had flowers on it, and I thought of you, so I'm gonna give it to you. And I'm like, you gave it to me because it's a girly, like it looks really curly. 
He has like Riku is in the realm of darkness and he saw two keyblades sitting there and he saw this crazy badass one with a dark wing on it and then he saw this other one that was a bunch of flowers. He's like, um uh, I'm gonna take this one. <laughs> it's like I like the you other, can have one. The other <laughs> one. Yeah, you can have the other one. It was meant for me, but I don't yeah. it clashes with my style. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'm not sure how that happened, but I don't know. I guess I guess keyblades are really easy to find in the realm of darkness because I mean, like, if you think about all the people that have keyblades there, Riku found two of them. Mickey found one. I mean, everybody's just finding keyblades like left and right in the realm of darkness. So I don't know. Maybe it was after the keyblade war, all, all those keyblade wielders dying, <laughs> ending up over there. There's just a bunch of keys laying around that you can just easily pick up. That's awkward. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so anyway. I think we pretty much wrapped that one up. So the next plot point, what if Terra received the Mark of Mastery instead of Aqua? We have like the slowest Mark of Mastery person ever. <laughs> like, honestly, he was, he's yeah. so slow. Oh yeah, he's man, a he's slow like a guy. turtle. But he's a powerful turtle. I will give him Yeah. A well, this, this one's kind of interesting because as, as far as we understand Birth by Sleep, the sort of impetus of that storyline, and as, as we come to understand, the impetus of the entire storyline is that when Terra doesn't get Mark of Mastery, he becomes jealous of Aqua. Well, not, not specifically Aqua. He's sort of, he's more angry at Master Ericus than he is jealous mm-hmm. of Aqua. But this sort of, you know, in, you know, typical Star Wars style is the seed that starts him down the path of the dark side. And yeah, so basically that was sort of the impetus for him. But what if Master Ericus recognized him and he did get the Mark of Mastery? Would he still be, would he be able to control his darkness? Probably not. Who knows? Uh, probably not. I feel but like I mean, won't. it could be that way. Honestly, I don't know if Aqua would ever turn bad. She seems a lot more level-headed. Yeah. I think she could... She seems She's like more rational to, about it. She would take a loss very well. Yeah, I think she'd be like, so okay. I don't, I don't know that she would turn evil, but what if she did? <laughs> I think it would be kind of funny if you know, if in this alternate timeline, you know, Master Xehanort has, uh, ew, has to fuse with a girl, <laughs> and you have this like girl anthem. I guess it really doesn't I feel change like, anything. I feel like with a girl like villain, besides Maleficent, because Maleficent is just like a weird dragon green lady that already comes off as evil. But if you like saw yeah. Aqua and was like, hey, like princesses of heart, like you want to, you know, come to the castle, chill here. You're going to be fine. You're yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> like it's more she. She might be cool. She might be more manipulative. Yeah, I think, and, and that would be, like, cooler to deal with. Like, instead of a, a guy who's just like, no, I don't want to go near you because I can already tell you're a bad person. But Aqua yeah. would just kind of, like, deceive all of them, which kind of be cool. Yeah, maybe instead of, uh, you know, turning into a creepy cloak guy, she would just, like, keep her body and be like, you know, just be herself and manipulate the situation that way because maybe you know the way she is she might be more loved than uh Zehanort was so she might be like maybe she's on your side for some of the game and then uh, kingdom hearts i'm speaking so the original kingdom hearts so maybe she's like an active member of the team and she's like oh you know we gotta we gotta take out maleficent she's stealing all the princesses of heart but she sort of like lets her gather them for yeah. her and then at the very end she sort of like offs maleficent and then takes over it's like okay thanks now bye but then again yeah. there was like a little bit of that like but then in a way how would riku and sora's meeting at hollow bastion really work because what you, you get you, you, you like be betrayed twice like yeah Sora just having well, a bad guess, day at Halabastion. That's what it'd be. I guess with Riku, he would still be on Maleficent's side, so he would be against Aqua, but Sora wouldn't be. So basically, they're both being manipulated by these evil ladies, and Ooh, and the plot thickens. And it's like evil lady A versus evil lady B, and you know, it's the fight of the evil ladies. I think that might be kind of interesting because then you realize, holy crap. I'm no better than Riku. And, you know, you're sort of wondering... Because, like, through the whole game, you're wondering, why would Riku do this? Why would he turn this way? And then yeah. the rev- the big reveal at the end of the game is, 
you were doing the exact same thing he was. Yep. And that'd be kind of cool. That's like that'd be know, cool. That's some yeah. Bioshock, Bioshock twist right there. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. I, I mean, of course, there's gonna be people saying, "No, that's really sexist to think that you know Aqua would be like." seductive or manipulative just because she's a girl you know maybe she's just like tara zehanort and she'll just be like mean and buff and whatever but i think i don't know if you see her I, I personality i think it's more about her personality exactly. like anything. if you see her personality she's the type of person that like is more rational than the rest of them like ventus is yeah. just like I gotta help people, so I'm gonna help people. And then Tara's like, so I would, yeah, imagine a an evil version of her to be calculating more than you With know, an abacus. just like, yeah, calculating <laughs> with an abacus. Oh my god, I, yeah, I think she would be a lot smarter about the things that she does, and she would be, you know, instead of how Tara Zehnord is. There's that whole, that famous quote that everybody hears before they go to college: work, uh, work smarter, not harder, and that's how I think she would be. She would work smarter and let everyone else do all the dirty work for her. Yeah. And instead of like doing it brute force like Maleficent or Zehanort does. And she's not seducing technically either. She's more yeah, not, yeah, yeah, not, like not seducive in like a, you know, it's like, sensuous ha-ha. type yeah, of way. Type of thing. Seducing in a manipulative type of way. It's more like planting ideas in their head that what they're going to do is the correct decision opposed to like yeah it's like hey like you're about to get attacked probably Mm -hmm. in like the next few days you can come Mm -hmm. with me i'll protect you and you can stay there or you can stay here and get attacked yeah it's up to you like these these people are coming by now like it's a whole yeah as far as what we knew about uh ansem and and when i say ansem i mean you know zehanor's heartless as far as we knew about him for the most part, most people liked him, and you know they had a a good uh, understanding of him because he was the guy that was telling everybody about the heartless. Because uh, apart from Ansem, no one knew what the heartless was, so he was doing like his civic duty, like saying, "Hey, you know, I know a whole bunch about heartless. This is what you need to know about the heartless." And he was releasing his reports, you know, sort of publicly. So people thought Ansem was a pretty cool guy. So. If she used that to her advantage, uh, you know, you know, from the beginning of the game, you would have never thought that she was a bad person because, uh, you know, she's just everybody likes her. So I don't, anyways, I just thought that would be kind of interesting. And the final plot point we will be tackling is what if Shion survived three, five, eight over two days? So uh, if I remember correctly, the whole deal with Shion was that she... Um, she was supposed to uh, steal Roxas's memories of Sora or whatever, and they were supposed to fuse together, and she was supposed to be the tool of the organization or something. So I guess you could think, what if that happened? Hmm. Or there's also another possibility. What if Shion and Roxas separately survived? So there's, what if she fell into the organization's plan? And became the tool she was meant to be, or what if she survived with Roxas somehow? And there's two of those dudes. I think it would still speed up the process of Kingdom Hearts being completed then, because yeah, they would finally yeah. have a person. And then because the thing is, like, if both Roxas and Shion survive, then Roxas was still. I don't know. I don't know if Roxas would still betray the organization just because. Oh, how do you leave again? It was because. He was leaving because of how they were basically how they were treating Xion. So I'm guessing oh. I get I'm guessing the two different routes would be if if Xion survived and became the tool of the organization, that would be a plus for the organization. Yeah. But if they both survived separately, then they sort of had their own will and they aren't in control of the organization. So I guess they probably would still go after the organization. Maybe. Hmm. The only thing that is left in the air is, well, what happens to Sora? Because it's, kind of <laughs> it's kind of important that he wakes up at some point, and it is critical for him waking up that both Shion and Roxas return to Sora, and that's, that's the only reason he woke up eventually. Right. Mm. So, maybe... 
maybe we could have had a more action-packed intro to Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Instead of, you know, doing homework and eating yeah. ice cream. At least that was something yeah. I eat ice cream with. That was the yeah. thing. Well, something, something interesting would be that uh, either way, Riku would still go after them. Yeah. No matter if they're with the organization or if they're not with the organization, Riku's either killing Me- Mega Shion, which is Sora or, or Roxas and Shion together, or he's going after Shion and Roxas separately. Because uh, he was sort of alluding to that the whole game, that he was going to basically kill her <laughs> if, if she didn't return to Sora or something like that. Yeah. Well,. He'd feel bad about it, but he'd still do it. Well, if they survive separately, then, Mm. I don't know. I still would think that Roxas would leave somehow or try to leave, but Riku would still go after them and Mm -hmm. just take Roxas because, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if maybe the opening segment of the game was instead of playing as, uh, instead of playing as, you know, Roxas, you would play as Riku going after Shion and 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 Roxas, or maybe you need both, maybe. though, wouldn't you? Because she. Would... Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Going going against them, either together or sep- or them separate. Uh, I, I think maybe them being separate would be kind of cool. Maybe kind of confusing, but it'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wouldn't be like the opening of the game. Maybe that's like a flashback later in the game that you get to play. But like, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to play as you know, playing as Riku in. You know, the world that never was. And basically, you get to play Deep Dive. That's all I meant. Oh, that's all I care about. I know you do. <laughs> Except Deep Dive would be even cooler because there would be two, <laughs> two organization oh members God. to fight. But it would also be not as cool because they're not dual wielders because the only reason Roxas is a dual wielder is because he took Shion's key plate. It's a tough trade off, but I think I would take it. <laughs> I get... But you would. The only thing is, I, every time I envision playing Deep Dive, I always envision playing it from Roxas' point of view. I never envisioned playing it as Riku's point of view. So that'd be kind of weird. Hmm. But still kind of cool, I guess. But yeah, any other ideas? Any other, like, major changes that would happen? I think the biggest thing is, like, revolving around Sora, pretty much. Yeah. Well, everything, like, connects with each other, so it's so hard to figure out, like, if you took one piece, like, what would crumble? Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I th- I think the whole thing with Riku would probably, no matter what, Riku would have solved it. I think the only possible difference is that, I, I mean, maybe we would still have that summer Twilight Town scene, but uh, or that whole segment, but instead of it just being Roxas, maybe both Roxas and Shion would be there, so they'd be friends or something. Maybe they would be dating. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird, but... I don't know. I'm just thinking that, you know, what would, where would she fit in into that scenario? We could have both as Roxas and Shion at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. Because they're both being captured and then they're trying to restore Sora's memories. Yeah, yeah. And then be like, yo, Shion, you're like my best friend since like forever and like hanging out with like the three other people. Yeah. Be kind of interesting. So yeah, I think, I think either way with that scenario, it ultimately ends with Riku Riku's gonna get him back and force them back into Sora, whether they Go like it or not. Go back to him now. No. Go back now. Hurry up. Oh yeah, like and and also, and also, uh, probably at the end of Kingdom Hearts two, uh, where you have the whole scene with Roxas and Namine, uh, coming in like Force Ghost mode. I guess Shion would be there too. That would be really weird because then you'd have. Namine and Shion and Kyrie all in the same screen. <laughs> all sharing screen space. Yup. It's crazy. It's like we're gonna be friends forever instead of like a weird like not like a weird love interest thing, but like it, as you can tell, like it was more of like them being together and stuff. But if Shion was there, it would just turn to friendship. <laughs> if you really yeah. thought about it. She's really third wheel in it here. And no fifth wheeling. Fifth wheeling yeah. the the two couples ish going on yeah basically they're Sora's angels and uh Roxas's fourth wheeling yeah super Sora hard. is Sora's Sora's the pimp master of <laughs> Kingdom Hearts so anyway I think that pretty much wraps up our what if segment let us know if you guys have any other cool what if scenarios uh and how they might change uh the Kingdom Hearts series I thought it might be kind of a cool idea to see how uh how some of the Kingdom Hearts storylines might change if we just 
slightly tweak them. So anyway, moving on to the questions segment. Uh, as a reminder, as always, if you guys want your questions answered on the question segment, please send us an email to khuquestions at gmail.com. Uh, the first question comes from Nico Gonzalez, and he asks, "If uh, I just defeated the Lingering Will and No Heart, and it, gave, and it got me thinking about Keyblade transformations in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, do you think Sora will be able to transform his Keyblade into a bow, Keyblade glider, etc.? similar to how the Lingering Will uh, can during uh, the boss fight. Uh, I think it would be a nice gesture to show how Sora has grown. Also, I think it would be a nice nod to uh, nice nod to the fans if they had the Chainsaw as a transformation. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't know. It's really hard to say just because they've only showed a few transformations so yeah, far. Yeah, a few transformations. Well, at the very least, we know transformations are in. So, yeah. you know, like, so base, mostly things could base happen. mode is there. Um, but, like, into what it could change to is, like, a complete open question. Um. Yeah, it would be kind of cool if, if he could have, maybe it's, like, based on the Keyblade, and maybe at some point you get, you know, your own version of Terra's Keyblade, and it could sort of work that way. Yeah. And, you know, maybe because you get Terra's Keyblade, then you can do all the cool things he does. That'd be cool. Yeah, something like that. The chainsaw would be interesting just because it'd be like the first concept idea type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I really like that idea of bringing the chainsaw back Mm -hmm. just because, you know, that was was the original concept and, uh, you know, Sora being in his weird lion furry mode with the uh, chainsaw sword. It'd be kind of cool to have that uh, maybe be a transformation. I don't know what Keyblade it would transform from, but it'd be kind of cool. And that's the other thing we don't know, is if the Keyblades uh, dictate the transformations or if all Keyblades can do all transformations. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I think that would be a pretty cool idea uh, to be able to use Lingering Will's uh, different Keyblade transformations. He's got some cool ones. Um... And yeah, definitely. Chainsaw. Chainsaw is super awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, I wonder how Disney would react. I know, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, <laughs> what? I don't know. They, I mean, I feel like it would look more of like the Fenrir Keyblade ish yeah. style of a chainsaw. And, and I think, honestly, I think they could probably get away with a lot more now. Just because back then, that was literally like the first design he showed them. And this was before they even knew what the game was like. Yeah. So I guess. I think they were just a lot more apprehensive back then. And if we look now, the transformations that Sora's already confirmed to have, one of them includes a gun. So, I mean, is a gun really all that worse than Chainsaw? Welcome um, to that teen rating. Yeah, welcome to the teen Well, rating. if the teen rating like was going to be on Kingdom Hearts 3, then it would give them a little bit more inclusion. leeway to yeah. do that type of stuff. Like, obviously it wouldn't be, like, blood or whatever, but, like, yeah. you know... Honestly, I don't think they'll ever give up the E rating. Like they really, they really work hard to get that E rating. Yeah, that E, everyone ten and over because of yeah. alcohol and blood. Yeah, that was hilarious though. Just because yeah, of Port King Royal. In <laughs> Kingdom Hearts too, it's pretty well. It's actually also, um, also Olympus Coliseum when you chop off the heads of the Hydra. Uh, in the original version, in, in the Japanese version, he squirted green blood. Oh. Uh, but in both the North American and Final Mix versions, he squirts like dark shadows, like weird darkness. Like so, it's hmm. not blood; it's like evil. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, no, okay, I get that. Because I'm playing Kingdom Hearts yeah. two again right I now. Think... We're talking yeah, about this think... earlier, but yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I think those are the two like main. The main alterations is the, the a lot of stuff in Port Royal, a lot of guns replaced with crossbows. Yeah. Uh, Will Turner doesn't point the gun at his yep, neck. Yep. Thank you. That's what I. That's what I saw too. I looked one. at it and I was like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, it's a little awkward, but I, I guess it works. It makes sense. You don't have to. It. It's kind of implied, like you don't have to be shown that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's implied enough, and if you've seen the movie, you sort of know what's yeah. going on. And then and them drinking. I don't, I don't think the, cr- yeah, and, and the drinking. <laughs> and the drink. Well, the, they left the drinking in. They they did leave the drinking in. Yeah. So that's 
That's well, I, I remember just reading the um, ESRB rating, which was like blood, drugs, yeah, and alcohol. It's like the, yeah, it's the only like game of that rating that probably has alcohol listed uh, there. That reminds me, I really want to read that ESRB rating on it now. Yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty it's pretty much a fun read. Uh, actually, kind of a fun thing. This was like something I I was like looking in way too heavily as a little kid, mm-hmm. but maybe possibly technically Kingdom Hearts One also has alcohol featured in it. Technically, kind of sorta. So in Kingdom Hearts One, if you go to the One Hundred and One Dalmatians house. There is what is very clearly a wine rack, and there are bottles on it. Now, you could argue, oh, it's grape juice, or, you know, like Pokemon. Like Pokemon, you could say, oh, it's milk, or it's coffee. But it's very clearly in a bottle that looks like a wine bottle. So you could sort of maybe argue that maybe Kingdom Hearts 1 had wine in it. I have it. I I have it up right now. Um... Yeah, so his content description is fantasy violence, mild blood, and use of alcohol. It's like, one sequence depicts red bloodstains on some curse coins. <laughs> and yeah. there's a scene where a character briefly drinks from a bottle of uh, of wine. Yeah, so basically everything that is listed on the ESRB rating is a direct That's result hilarious. of what happened in Port Royal. Oh, I love the ES- ESRB rating. So yeah, funny. oh well. You think they'll have... Uh, any more pirates pirates levels in uh in Kingdom Hearts three? You think they'll bring them back? I don't know. I think it would be so confusing because the movies just yeah. go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Of all the worlds in the Kingdom Hearts games, Port Royal is my least favorite. Uh, maybe tied with the Lion King world, most mostly because of the music in the Lion King world. But with Port Royal, I, I didn't really like the world. I thought the technology in the world was the best, like Jack Sparrow and and Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley, uh, they all look like they're supposed to look. Mm-hmm. So that was that was awesome. Like the first time ever seeing a live action movie portrayed in Kingdom Hearts. That was really awesome to see. But I always thought the the you know, the pacing and you know, how the music is kinda like really subdued for the level. Um I don't know. I, I, I was I was never really drawn in by that particular level. So I don't know that I would want another just because of the parts of the Caribbean movies, as far as I remember, my favorite one was the first one. So yeah, the first one's great. I don't know. I remember I just rewatched it like maybe a week ago or something. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I don't know. I think I, I think maybe they should let that ship sail and not co- <laughs> not cover <laughs> nice. that movie. Uh, but yeah. So ho- hopefully they can avoid that. The only other thing maybe potentially could cause some problems is. What if they add Star Wars in? Because Star Wars has a lot of questionable things for E10+. Like, you know, dismemberment, and I I guess that's it. It's pretty much people getting their arms cut off or getting stabbed. Well, we'll see if they add it, right? We'll see. The ESRB needs to go back to, you know, 1997, watch a little Dragon Ball Z. Look, we could handle people getting holes in their chest people getting their arms cut off that was like man dragon ball z did that every five minutes so <laughs> if if toonami could get away with that and in and here in america we have a tv rating system where uh we have t i don't know if they still do this but they had like TVY, and then there was TVY 7 so it was basically young audiences above seven and that's what dragon ball z was now, Dragon Ball Z was edited, to be fair, so they did edit stuff, but it wasn't like... They, they still left in a surprising amount of stuff in there, so I don't know. I think you could get away with some of that stuff, mm-hmm. especially if it's not controllable. As long as it's just in a cutscene, I think you could probably get away with yeah. it, especially since it was in the movie. Anyways, so uh, let's uh, let's take this last one to Bria. Okay, this is by Elbow Juice. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the only name they gave him. Um, nice name. Uh, which Keyblades do you hope or think will return in KH three? So that's that's a good question. Um, I think the easiest ones are going to be. I mean, obviously the Kingdom Key. I mean, we've already seen Sora use the Kingdom Key, and we already have seen Sora hold Master Ericus's Keyblade. So those are two confirmed ones. Yep. Um, 
apart from that, I would say any any Keyblade that's not tied specifically to a Disney World, I think, would come back. And, and I say that just because even if a Disney World comes back, the precedent has always been that you would always get a new Keyblade that you haven't gotten before. So even though Agrabah came back, for example... It was you didn't you didn't get three wishes again. You got some you know whatever Kingdom Hearts two Agrabah's uh, Keyblade was yeah something like that. So in each each one of them, even if a Disney World came back, they would always you know design a new Keyblade for it. So I think the Disney ones from old games forget about it. You're not going to get those back. If if even if worlds come back, you're going to get a new one. Uh, I would say anyone you got from a Final Fantasy character, Metal Chocobo, Fenrir. Uh, whatever Lionheart, not gonna get those back. Sorry. Uh, if you get any Keyblades from them, you're getting new ones. I don't know. I think. So yeah, as far as like returning ones, Kingdom Key, Oathkeeper, Oblivion, you could probably expect those because those are those have plot significance. Um, there's obviously going to be an Ultima weapon. We don't. We won't know what it looks like. They we always have a new change one every it. game. Yeah, always a new one every game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Axel's Keyblade. Spoil. Well. We're allowed to say spoiler spoilers from Dream Drop Distance. Spoilers anyway. Axel's Keyblade obviously is going to be in it, but it's going to be wielded by Axel. Uh, any new ones that I can think of? Uh, obviously, lightsaber Keyblade when we have a Star Wars world. <laughs> Duh. I need my lightsaber. What color do you want the lightsaber to be? I like blue. Blue, blue and green. Yeah. That's a good, good solid one. Does Sora have like a like a, a designated color? I mean... I guess in in Kingdom Hearts th- in Kingdom Hearts one, whenever you would like level up the characters, the sort of like theme color like Donald was always blue, Goofy was always green. He had like a green background on his stuff, and Sora was red. Yeah, Sora's still red. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Sora to have a red keyblade because or red lightsaber because that means he'd be evil. That would be bad. But maybe maybe Riku can have a red keyblade. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> That'd be kind red of... red. Red lightsaber, because that would sort of show like, oh, he's 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 on the dark side. He's, he's, he's a bad boy. And then Kyrie should probably end up with a pink one, <laughs> just because. Oh man, I I can only imagine Kyrie every time she gets another girly keyblade, she's like, ah, I'm like, come on, really, sexist jerks, keep throwing me all this like really gender signifying keyblade. And this was Yellowstar, be like, give me your keyblade. Why? Just give me your keyblade. I don't want this one anymore. Yeah, this stupid girly one. I don't know. You got any ideas for any keyblades you, that you uh, definitely want for Kingdom Hearts 3? Or any any ideas for keyblade? Maybe some worlds they might be associated with? Not that I can really think of. The only one that I really, like, really want as, mm-hmm. um, because I know it's only in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final which is the... I know they had the mushroom one. The mushroom one's really funny. Yeah, that one's there's that one. No, it's the other one. It's the one that is like Roxas's colors. Oh theme yeah, one. yeah, I like yeah. that one. That one. Yeah, that one's cool. What's it called? I forget. I don't know. It's probably like dual something. <laughs> oh, I think you might be right. Hold on. Dual, dual something or other, or to become one. To become one. There you go. That makes. And sense. the other one's winner's proof, which is the mushroom one. Yeah, yeah. Do you want mushrooms to come back for uh, for Kingdom Hearts three? It's been a while since they've been in a Kingdom Hearts game. Like, just, like, the normal, normal ones. Oh, the the white ones? Like, the white ones, and there's the blue one that you could hit up, and... Oh, yeah. I don't know if they'll ever come back in that form, but I could see them come back in, like, like as challenges. Probably. I think... That probably makes more well, sense. Well, in Kingdom Hearts 1, they're a little bit more frustrating than enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember with, like, the white ones, like, the Man, only... Man, I did not the know... The only that. reason... The only reason I knew how they work is because I looked at a guide. Like, it, it wasn't clear enough to me what you were supposed to do with them well, until I read a guide. Well, I was trying to remember, like, you're supposed to do the opposite of what they're doing to help them in a way. And I'm like... I think it's... I think it's... I think it's the other way around. I think you're supposed to do what they're doing or something. Oh, no, no. It is the opposite. Yeah. See, so it's, if it's like, it's if really they're confusing. hot, you're supposed to, like, cool them down? I think it's only in that situation is that if they're hot, you cool them down. Because, like, for example, with... uh. Oh, no, it, it is the opposite. The only one that's kind of weird is, like, there's this one where he's got a light yeah. over his head, and then you're supposed to do thunder. Oh, is that what it was? I don't know how that's... I don't even know. I, don't, I was just like... I don't I know how everything. that's the opposite. 
I'm like, yeah, what I don't do you know want? how that's the opposite. Magnet here, y'all want like Blizzard here? There's God. there's one where he's like floating in the air, and you're supposed to do gravity on him or something like that. Oh, and then. I don't think Man, you I can't cast. Can't, at this I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can cast arrow on him. Also, I want arrow back. I liked me arrow. Me too. It would be really helpful for me. Especially aroga, where like if they get close to you, they actually get hit uh, hit for damage yep. a little bit, like chip damage. That was awesome. Still love reflect though. Reflect is yeah, reflect's good because like reflect. reflect with reflect, it actually like blocks the attack like completely. With with arrow, it just gives you like a buff, like you get higher defense. But I just I just like the idea that if enemies get close to you, they get chip damage a little bit. So that's cool. So yeah, I'm trying to think of any like cool Keyblades, maybe some Final Fantasy ones. Like it'd be cool to get some Noctis swords. That'd be really cool. His Keyblades, because he's got some cool swords. Yeah, he does. I guess for people that like Final Fantasy 13, you could have Lightning's gun, a Gunblade type of thing. I don't know how that would work as a Keyblade, because it, it it transforms. Like a transformer, too much. Yeah, it's like a Swiss Army knife. I don't know if that would work for a Keyblade. I don't know. You can give Vanille's it's staff too specific. to Donald. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I mean, there's there's lots of cool swords. Um, I think we said this before at some point, but a car key for a car's world. Come on, that's that's obvious. That's a dead ringer. That's <laughs> if we ever have a car's world, it is a criminal offense if we do not get a car key. It's got to look like a car key. Oh my god! It basically looked like Fenrir, basically. But still, I don't want cars cool. in it, though. I know, but oh. if they put it in, if they... if they put it in, that's how it's got to work. Mm. It's got to be a car key. <laughs> I don't know how he would fight with a car key, but set I mean, off the alarm they, on everything. They made <laughs> they made Lion Sora work. If they can make Lion Sora work, they can make a car work. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they come out of his rims, and it's like four little prongs that look like car keys. Wow. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Anyway, so I think that pretty much wraps up the question segment. And, you know, as always, if you guys want your questions on the question segment, uh, please send those questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Also an idea, maybe you could ask uh, a what-if sort of question to the question segment, and we could ask... We could answer your what if questions if you if you had like a cool idea of, you know, maybe there's a a particular point in the Kingdom Hearts storyline that if you just change this one thing, how would the entire rest of the series go? Uh, so if you have any ideas for that, maybe you could send those questions and uh, to the questions email and uh, we can answer those for you. So anyway, our music for this set uh, this episode is a really special one. Uh, this is a vocal cover of Namine's theme. Uh, so this is uh, basically a cover that uh, basically they wrote their own lyrics for Namine's theme. So I thought it was pretty cool. And then uh, uh, the YouTuber Adrisaurus, Adrisaurus, she's uh, uh, she's the one that did the uh, vocal cover. I don't think she did the lyrics, but she did the vocal cover. And she's awesome. Definitely check her out, Adrisaurus uh, at YouTube.com. Uh, she does a lot of really cool covers. My personal favorite is Child of Magic, which is uh, a cover of uh, Trucy's theme from uh, the Ace Attorney series. So definitely check that out. By the way, how's your how's your Ace Attorney thing going along? I stopped. Savvy. You should keep going because it's good. Also, I, I have to do the ROMs be... of it, but I like playing it on my phone. Yeah, but I'm not spending. I honestly didn't like the. F- I, yeah, I honestly didn't like the phone version of it. It was kind of... My main problem with the phone version is that it's laggy. Yeah, That's okay. my main I can, thing. I, I it's, can feel that on there. It's real, it's real laggy. Even though they, they, upgrade, they upgraded the graphics quite a bit. So, yeah, I still prefer the DS version. So, I, I, I played the DS version on an emulator. And it was kind of fun because, like, I, I set up this, like, crazy setup where... In the emulator, you can set up the two screens side by side. So I set it up side by side, put it on my HD TV, and because Phoenix Wright is so easy to well, the early games, the early games are really easy to control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally just use my iPhone, and there's a free um, there's a free Logitech wireless mouse app that you can use. So it literally just connects to your computer over Wi-Fi. So I just uh, you know sat on my couch and 
you know, used my phone and was like, you know, sitting at my leisure watching Phoenix Wright in the big screen. And I was like, you know, just clicking through the dialogue and tapping on whatever I need to tap on. So that was pretty awesome. The only time that doesn't work well is in the extra chapter in Ace Attorney 1. Because if you didn't already know, uh, the Ace Attorney games on DS are actually remakes. They're remakes of the Game Boy versions. Oh, and really? In Yeah. So originally it came out on Game Boy. We never got them on Game Boy. They were remade for DS. Uh, they added touchscreen controls. But at the end of, uh, at the end of Ace Attorney 1, they add in a whole nother mission. So there's a fifth case. It's, it's the only one of those old ones that have a fifth case. And it is literally like almost as long as the entire game. And they basically add in like all these crazy touch controls in it. It's really gimmicky, but they basically use that as a baseline for making, uh, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney later on. And that's a DS exclusive. Anyway. Play Ace Attorney. It's awesome. However you gotta play it, there's a new one coming soon, and it's set in 1800s Japan. I don't, that's, uh, I don't know, that's, I think it's the Meiji era. Meiji era Japan. But then they come to the UK and they solve crimes with Sherlock Holmes, and Watson is eight years old and a girl. So that's awesome. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so, moving on to the outro, our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 25th of may and uh so yeah by that episode we'll probably be covering uh some pre-e3 stuff hopefully we'll have some new stuff to talk about by then uh and as a reminder you guys can subscribe to final fantasy and kingdom hearts union on the itunes store just search for kingdom hearts and we're number one and uh if you guys really like the show please go to itunes and rate the show and give it reviews uh, that really helps us on iTunes to get more notice. So that's always good for the show. Uh, if you don't have time to like actually write a proper review, uh, if you could just go there and like hit the star thingy, like there's like a rating out of five that you can give us, hit the star thingy at least that much. That's real quick. And if you do have time, we really would appreciate it if you could actually do a written review. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better. That's how we get more noticed on iTunes. Uh, we're already number one in terms of Kingdom Hearts, but we want to make sure, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy, but we want to make sure that we're uh, appearing a lot higher uh, for, you know, just general gaming as well. I We we show up quite frequently in their, like, what's hot section for uh, video game stuff, but I want to make sure that we're, keep pushing, you gotta keep pushing, gotta keep making the show even better, reach more people, and that's the way we can do it. So definitely, if you have the time, please go to iTunes uh, rate rate the show and if you have even more time we would really appreciate it if you can leave us a review so that would be awesome so and of course you can catch every episode at kingdomheartsunion.com youtube.com slash khunionvids or kh2.co.uk and remember you can support us at patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion and again as always if you want your questions answered uh, khuquestions at gmail.com so that pretty much wraps up this episode. I thought it was really awesome. This is the first time we got to do an episode just us, Sebi. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fun. I had so much fun. Yeah, so hopefully uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. And hopefully Churro enjoyed uh, a, a break and, you know, a much needed break. Because he's always on, like, pretty much every episode. So, you know, give him time to, you know, do whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm hoping he enjoyed that. So, anyway, it's goodbye time. Bye. Bye, guys. So, I'm Brandon. Say goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Drawings on paper constructed of open stardust Gathering memories long ago lost and forgotten in the
Casting shadows of memories of another time and another place onto the pages. Memories, pieces of.